Welcome back to another episode of Xtreme. My name is Zach. My name is Joey. And this is a podcast where we dig deep on your favorite video games. Yay! And first off, I want to say thank you all so much for donating last week when we had the charity event. Or even if you didn't donate, if you just checked us out, you know, came to say hi. We appreciate yeah, we it. appreciate that. Um, we ended up actually getting uh, more money than we expected, so we're very happy about that. So thank you again for your generosity, and uh, we'll be doing this again at the same time next year. Just because for we sure. Had such a, we, we had such a fun time doing it, right? It was so good. What was, what was your favorite game that we played last weekend? Oh, my favorite game we played probably had to be Six Flags Fun Extravaganza. <laughs> oh, that was going to be my choice. <laughs> no, I love Luigi's Mansion 3, obviously. Yeah, so good. That was you, the highlight for me. Are you getting? Are you still uh, getting through it? No, I beat it. <laughs> <laughs> it was just nice. too much fun. I couldn't stop. Yeah, but yes, we'll be doing this again next uh, this time next year, and we'll have more games and more craziness. Yeah, so tune in again next year. But for right now, we're jumping into our next game. And should we give him a little hint? Should we like uh, should I start talking like uh? 1930s showman be like come on come on we're doing a fun new game here <laughs> nice i think i think since adam couldn't make it today he wanted us to just like kill ourselves well i mean that's kind of his request at all times but you know, never i'm really never going to oblige that because i would make him too happy and i'm never here to make him happy Exactly. I'm only here to make his life miserable. <laughs> <laughs> That's your so purpose. On that note, and speaking of miserable, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But this game, we're doing Cuphead. Oh, it's not a miserable game, but my fingers and brain get very, very sad. It's insane. Because it's just, it's a challenging game. It's a very challenging game. It's not a bad game by any means. It's a challenging yeah. game. So much, so much, like, just mashing. Yeah, oh my gosh. A lot of, a lot of dodging, a lot of quick reflexes, a lot of uh, trying to understand and memorize pattern recognitions, and anyway, let's, we're digging, let's, let's just start from the beginning, though. Yes, yes. So this was developed by Studio MDHR. Uh, more specifically, the heads of the development were the brothers, Chad and Jared Moldenhauer, who, funnily enough, because I can say that now because Adam's not here, <laughs> are residents of this great province of Ontario. Sweet. They're Canadians. Yay! Right. Hooray for Canadian content creators and successful Canadian content creators. Can they... I wonder if they could tell us what it feels like to be successful. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so proud of Canadian... So proud to support Canadian content creators here today. And more specifically... More 
it's just so it's so there's so many great things about this game and i'm just so proud that it is canadian yes so let's talk a little bit more about the game it was released september 29th 2017 for pc and xbox one and was recently ported in 2019 to the switch which is the version that we're running through today because i well they had an exclusivity deal with microsoft to get themselves off the ground Ah, and then, smart. for some reason, mid this year, Xbox and Nintendo were like, "You want to be best friends?" Yeah, and smart. Nintendo also smart. Like, what? Also smart. Absolutely, there should be more of that sharing of cross-platforming. But Nintendo's never going to do that ever. Yeah, because they're the best, and they know it. <laughs> you, you kidding me? <laughs> they're never. You're never going to see a Mario game on like the Xbox. Xbox. No. <laughs> It's amazing that you can see it on a phone. Yeah, true. Anyway, there was some kind of agreement, and now a lot of fir- a lot of uh, Xbox exclusive games, including Cuphead, are being ported to the Switch. That's why the Switch is just the best ever. I think it's just because of that portability and that giant marketplace, and I think it's a, sent- a sentiment of goodwill from Xbox to their indie creators to say like look we know you could be making you could be making a lot more money by porting this to other consoles sure the exclusivity deal's done we've got our pie you go off and do you yeah because they did really it was released 2017 so two years of uh of exclusivity seems completely fair yeah makes sense be like yeah yeah okay we're done here you can have it on the other console yeah it's it's nice nice of them Hmm. Sharing's caring, gang! Oh yeah. <laughs> Was that the sharing is caring voice? Hey, apparently. Can we, ne- can we never do that again? <laughs> okay. Uh, it like tickles my ears in the wrong way. <laughs> oh god. Why are you saying this now? <laughs> because they have words come out of my mouth and I don't <laughs> tend to think about them when we're recording. Aw, anyway. Zach. Intro! This game (laughs) really leans into its aesthetic horde. Horde. Like super horde. Oh, so horde. But it's great, because if they didn't, it wouldn't be as engaging. It wouldn't yeah. be as immersive. Yeah, I love it. The Barbershop so, Quartet. Yeah, so in case you haven't played this game and are hearing it for the first time from us, uh, first off, maybe go play it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, second, it's a stylized like a 1930s Old school animated cartoon. Yeah, like old school Mickey Mouse. Yes, like old school Mickey Mouse with the all the squash and stretch and all the phantasmic uh, body (laughs) movements. Phantasmic, nice. Thank you. And all of the crazy music, not, not even crazy music, all of the like orchestrated symphonic music. Yeah, bebop and all that. Yes, a lot of uh, doo-wop and doo-wop and anything else that has wop in it. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but the music was also composed by another local Ontarian native, uh, Christopher Madigan. And I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name. But it sets a superb tone in the beginning. Like you were talking about briefly with the title screen song, uh, where it has them just kind of doing that, like, little, <laughs> little, little... I don't even know how to quite describe it. It's just like kind of the sprite animation. But side to side. I don't even know if it counts as sprites. Sprite, whatever. The idle standing. (laughs) They're just bouncing up and down. Yeah, like even like the like bouncy movements of just like twisting back and forth. It's very reminiscent of that style from the 1930s where everything kind of boop, like bounced around and like never stood still. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> nothing nothing could stay still in the 30s no which was which was weird that's it just, you know great depression um uh, yeah where too soon definitely stood still for a bit <laughs> is it too soon it's been almost 100 years yeah got away at least 110 or 120 you know <laughs> the wound is too deep <laughs> but yes a bouncy style mixed with this uh amazing intro song that just explains the plot of the game uh, before you even start the game is beautiful. It's fun. It's got the barbershop quartet style of music, which seems to have gone the way of, you know, the style of cartoon. Nobody's a big fan of barbershop quartets anymore, maybe because there's not so many people begging for people to sing in barbershops anymore. That would be awesome. (laughs) <laughs> if you were in a barbershop and people just started singing at you? Yeah. That would be... Would you really like that? <laughs> I I would definitely I, like that. I would like it better if I didn't have to interact with them. Yeah, Because when I go to get a haircut, I don't like having to talk. Yeah, it, that's the I point. Don't, you don't have to talk to your barber. You can just watch the music. Oh, that's true. You could just sit there and listen to the... Beautiful sounds of the quartet, and then just you're done. Give yeah. me a tip. Thank and you. Then tally ho. Okay, but let's keep going on. So it sets a superb tone right off the bat. Um, and the song, yes, explains the story that uh, we may as well just get into right now. All right. So the story is that these two young rascals. Named Cuphead and Mugman go <laughs> off to a casino. And yeah. Start gambling because, you know, 1930s. <laughs> and then they end up uh, getting on a hot streak, and the devil who owns the casino ends up uh, taking a keen interest in their success mm-hmm. and tempts them with an offer. <gasps> Never take an offer from the devil. <gasps> But the offer is too good to refuse, as he says, um, I will give you all the riches in my casino if you win this one roll. Otherwise, I get your souls. Wow. Sounds like he's concocting something. There's some nefarious shenaniganry afoot. (laughs) But yes... They end up losing, and the devil steals their souls. But wait! They plead for their lives. Please, Mr. Devil, there's some, there's got to be something else we can do. And by ha- by happenstance, he says there is one thing they could do for him. <laughs> Collect the other negligent souls that 
owe their debts to the devil, and he'll let you go. Uh, That's a good uh, proposition. So they rush out of the casino back to their Elder Kettle parent? Guardian? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. China? (laughs) They're Chinaware? I don't know. (laughs) But yes, that's where our game begins. It's a good, yes. it's a very reminiscent of the lackadaisical uh, storytelling of the 1930s where they didn't really care so much about, you know, child endangerment or, you know, right. not scaring the bejesus out of children. Oh, this is very scary. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of one of those old time stories where, like, the whole point of it was to scare the shit out of children into not doing things. <laughs> yeah. You better eat your vegetables. If you don't, the vegetable monster will eat you! (laughs) And yeah, just stuff like that. Uh, Very reminiscent of the time period. So again, aesthetics on point. Uh, And then you start the game. And it is a wholehearted run and gun game. (laughs) Yeah. So if you're not familiar with the concept, uh, let me break it down for you here with my concise guide of how to determine if a game is a run and gun. Uh, You have to, step one, check to see if you can run. (laughs) And step two, you need to see if you can gun in some capacity. I enjoyed the uh, tutorial. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My tutorial or the games? No, I mean both. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's talk about the tutorial then. You wanna you wanna kick it off there? Yeah, it's just like drawn on a paper, and it, you just go through all the little motions, and it's like, oh, you could do this, you could do this, and then it's over, and that's it. Hmm. Not Bre- the most. Brief. Uh, it's it's very brief, and I like the aesthetic where it's kind of like an unfinished cartoon world for the tutorial, where yeah. it's like a tutorial on how to draw these kinds of environments. A tutorial yeah. on how to play the game. I see where you're going with that. Um, again, I'm always going to be a big fan of conveyance in games. So mm-hmm. teaching through the gameplay and not like, here's a tutorial. Right. Let's go through the buttons. But I mean, in the, the way that's that not they, this game. <laughs> but that's the thing. The way, that, the way that they laid out this game, it would have been very hard to do that. Yeah. Uh, because the one crucial thing about this game that kind of separates it from other games is that there's very little in typical run-and-gun platforming, but there is an abundance of just run-and-gun bosses. Yeah. In fact, 90% of the game is boss fights. Yeah, I I think it was, like, originally all boss fights, but then people were like, we want more game. Yeah, they're right, actually. There was some backlash online when when they told them about the their idea of just doing all bosses, which, honestly, I think maybe they should have just stuck with all bosses. Yeah, if that's the game they wanted to make, then just do that, you know? Yeah, I don't think they needed to cave into pressure from them, but uh, they did, and again, whatever. That's their prerogative. But yes, I think the game they wanted was just only bosses. So had they had that, uh, it's hard to kind of convey in a relatively easy or safe environment, how to play your game. Uh 
But if they had had like a tutorial boss where it mm. wasn't super hard, but it gave you the opportunity to try out stuff, not in like a safe environment, but more like pain veins, you know? Right. And, but like you don't lose lives. Yeah. Like you could take damage, but you could just respawn where you are or and keep going or, you know, have something very straightforward about, you know, this, you jump over this. This is different. You can do something with this. Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to think how you would convey parrying is my only, <laughs> my only problem. Because shooting, dodging, jumping, and all that is pretty easily conveyed yeah. through like attacks from a boss. But aside from having just a big marker that says parry this, you yeah. never know that you could do that. Right. I enjoyed the marker. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yes, there are markers in the game. Uh, anything that's pink is parryable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves. Um, so let's, let's talk about getting into the game itself. So yes, we have the tutorial. We already talked about that. Once you pass the tutorial, you're onto the world map. Yes. Sponsored by that weird looking flashlight in the back of your husband's sock drawer. Remember folks, clean before microwaving. Husband's It's just a straightforward little map where you walk around, you interact with some characters outside of combat, uh, they yeah. kind of give you a little bit of backstory, and flesh out the world you're in. It's a nice uh, little map. Yeah, it's, again, beautifully designed. Uh, but one of the first NPCs you run into gives you three coins. So, it's pretty much designed to get allow you to get one of two upgrades right off the bat if you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get an extra heart immediately before you've even fought any bosses, or you can get a better dodge. Yeah. This is all right off the bat before you even fight the first boss. Right. So it's interesting. But yeah, you don't like, even know that like that first boss is the first boss. So you could just go to it without knowing and then be like, okay, I need upgrades. <laughs> That's true. The, the another thing with this is that it's not linear. You can well, it's it's semi linear. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's kind of like if you had a Mega Man X style boss selection, right. But phased out into layers. Yeah, there's a general direction, but yes, you could kind of veer off a little bit. Yes, you have little islands that you are on, and within that island, you can pick and choose what you want to do. But to move on to the next parts of the island, you will have to clear other bosses. Yeah. So it's kind of free reign in that case, but free reign to a point. Because mm-hmm. they wouldn't want you to just run up to like the hardest part of the stage and yeah. try and beat it the first time. <laughs> then you would just get frustrated and you wouldn't want to play the rest of the game, which makes complete sense. Yeah. Uh, but the games, the I believe the first fight that they want you to play is the root uh the root pack in botanic panic yeah uh the only reason i say that is because this is the closest thing that i can see to being a tutorial boss fight fair so it's broken up into three specific bosses 
Uh, you're going to love these names. <laughs> so we have uh, Sal Sputter, the potato, <laughs> uh, who loves blowing dirt balls at you. Who doesn't? Uh, that's actually all they'll do. <laughs> so three dirt balls you have to just jump over, and then one of them is parryable. So by repeating that, it's giving you an opportunity to, again, well, you've already gone through the tutorial, but assuming you haven't gone through the tutorial, it would teach you, you know, you need to dodge over some things by jumping. Right. It's testing uh, you. Yes. And then you, as the player, notice, okay, one of these things just doesn't belong here, and that's the pink thing. <laughs> so then maybe your first instinct is to try and shoot it. And then when you see that doesn't work, you say, okay, are there any other buttons that do things on this controller? Um, and it probably, well, that's the thing. When you're on the ground, you can't parry. Mm-hmm. You have to be in the air to parry. So you might by accident be in the air yeah. while you're jumping over some of the stuff to dodge, and you might just hit another button and see that, it, oh, wait, I did a thing. What does that do? Yeah. And maybe you try that on the pink blob that comes forth, and then voila, you teach yourself how to parry. Yay! So again, not the cleanest conveyance right. or pain veins, but it's it a little is hint. possible. It's a little hint. I like that. You know? Yeah. The way that the boss, this first part of the boss is set up, it, again, it's a very simple pattern. It's one, two, three, parry. One, two, three, parry. Yeah. So it doesn't change. It just gets a little faster the more you damage the boss, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. But again, it doesn't switch up its attack patterns, and it makes it easier for you to kind of grasp in a fat, in a quick manner. Right. Next, you have Ollie Bulb, <laughs> who will cry their eyes out. So you need to dodge their teardrops from the sky. Ugh, so creepy. So yes, <laughs> so it cries so much that it cries like acidic tears that hurt you when it falls from the sky. Uh, they fall in a bit of a random pattern, but again, you can still parry one of these attacks. Right. But it's and hard because you have to jump and you're like jumping into the tears. Yes, so that's the thing. To parry, you have to be in the air. So whereas before when he was shooting horizontally, it's a little easy to parry because you're already mid-dodge jumping over it, and then you have a little more time to parry. Whereas if it's coming from the sky, it's coming down vertically but you have to be jumping vertically to parry, so you yeah. have a little bit less time to actually find the parry window without getting hit. So it's kind of like a step up in teaching you what could be parryable and what you would have to do. Yeah. Um, and then finally you have Chauncey... <laughs> Chauncey Chantony. <laughs> a psychic character with the power to launch smaller carrots at you and unleash the power of their third eye? I think I had a dream like that once. <laughs> really? No. What happened in the dream? <laughs> <laughs> you saw psychic carrots? Yeah, it was um, a nightmare. <laughs> I think you need more, uh, maybe you need more carotene in your diet, my friend. <laughs> or less. that fair point (laughs) maybe less anyway so this fight this part of the fight has actually nothing parryable that I could find yeah Uh, but it 
It teaches you that bosses could have multiple different attack patterns. So you may need to be on the lookout to see that bosses change up their attack patterns and you may need to memorize more than mm-hmm. just the one. Standard. Standard, but at the same time, the way that it leads you into the bosses, it's giving you like a a step, like a step ladder of how to manage these yeah. kinds of fights. It's a good, it's a good pain veins tutorial fight. Yeah, good intro boss stage, I guess. Yeah, it's not overly cumbersome. It's understandable in the mechanics it's trying to reinforce to you. And it, it kind of just sets you off at the right expectation and the right difficulty. Mm-hmm. So then we beat, yes, the, the, the root pack is gone. Yeah. And we move on to uh, what I think the next fight would be is the fight with... My inability to call a break. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's the cue ball. Yes, and we have defeated my inability to take a break. <laughs> oh yeah, one of the hardest boss Good job. <laughs> but after we beat that, we move on to what I believe should be the next boss in the order here. Uh, Goopy Legrand in Ruse of an Ooze. Yeah. So, uh, this fight very interesting in a way. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, first off, I like the ooze hat, the the tip of the ooze hat to start us off here by Goopy. It's very gentlemanly. Um, yeah, it's like, I'm going to kill you now. But. But with respect. Yes, with respect. Hats off to you. Goopy, hats off to you. <laughs> so <laughs> th- this fight is really just a bunch of bouncing. Yeah. So he bounces a bunch. But he packs a punch. Oh. Come on, you get it? Because like most of the things he turns into are boxing gloves. Yeah. <laughs> like all animations. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, so Goopy is a slime or an ooze, uh, which obviously means he could probably transform into a few things. So yeah. Initially, he'll bounce around in a small, goopy form and turn himself into a giant boxing glove and give you a big old punch. Takes up about a third of the screen because, you know, Mm -hmm. he really packs a punch. Yeah. Um, It's hard to dodge. Yes, it's big. You got to be really out of the way. Maybe it takes like a second for the wind up. So you really got to be out of the way when the punch is coming. Yeah. So it kind of teaches you uh, the dodge mechanic, which... I got the smoke bomb, which means you could dash out of the way without taking any damage. Nice. But, again, it's one of those quote-unquote free upgrades it gives you at the beginning. 
with the three coins yeah. from the NPC. Right. So it's a very convenient thing to have aside from the hearts. I mean, it's obviously nice to have more health, but... Um, Right, but you like you have such little health to begin with. You're gonna have to deal with it. Get good at yeah. Gonna have to get good at not taking damage. Yeah, <laughs> and the best way to do that by dodging. Yeah. Uh, once you hit Goopy enough, it takes a random pill and transforms into a handsome slime. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know quite how to describe it. It seems like he's very handsome now, or at least he's very pleased with himself. I'm not quite sure which. What's the difference? I mean, maybe nothing. Maybe Look good, feel good, you know? Narcissistic people just love themselves that much, so they're always smiling, you know? <laughs> I guess it makes sense. Uh, but yes, then instead of turning into an actual boxing glove, he'll just create a fist with a boxing glove on the end of his arm. <laughs> so, you know, how did that turn into being... Where did the red coloring come in? It's an actual Eesh. boxing Eesh. glove now. <laughs> it was hidden in the goop. <laughs> yeah. The the pill was just it wasn't even a pill. It was like one of those uh inflatable animals that you get where you put water on it and it turns into a full grown. <laughs> you remember those? Oh god. You remember those? Yeah, those things always creep me out. God. <laughs> yeah, they were weird but funny. If you ever watch them grow, <laughs> it's creepy. Yeah, um, kind of like this game. Yeah, it's weird and creepy, kind of like this game. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of which, after you hit Goopy enough in this state, I don't quite know what happens, but he either gets crushed by a tombstone or dies <laughs> preemptively. Uh, yeah, and then is the- it like are we fighting dead? Like he dead? I don't know. But then the tombstone's trying to kill us. <laughs> but the tombstone's alive because its eyes move and it moves. It's like Voldemort or something. It's yeah. very confusing if Voldemort was a tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, also the tombstone is more mobile than Goopy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's got wheels on or something. Yeah, but he can't punch us anymore. No, he can't punch us, but he can give us a big old slammy slam into the ground. Yeah. Uh, so this fight really teaches you more about um, how can I put this? Odd movement patterns in from yeah, bosses dodging. and dodging. Odd movement patterns and active dodging, mm-hmm. as opposed to like jumping over things, um, right? And things you can't like actively destroy to get out of your way. It teaches you more about the active dodging mechanic. Yeah. Uh, which is good. Again, another pain veins moment here. And um, another another tally in the what the hell is going on, Mark? <laughs> yep. Um, after we... And it's not getting any easier. Nope, and this is just the beginning. So let's move on to the next fight. Uh, what I'm called... What's uh, Hildeberg in Threatening Zeppelin. Yeah. Well, this fight is very... Interesting. So I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, do, do you choose regular? Do you choose regular or simple? Of course, I choose regular. Do you? Okay, just, just making sure. Get out of town with that. <laughs> I can. I want to. I want to let the audience know because I, I knew. Already. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> playing simple like a simple person. No, I played regular like a simple person. <laughs> this fight is like super creepy. The animation, oh my god. Yes, but before you even actually get the chance to attempt this, you go through a force tutorial. That's, what? Yeah, you go through a force tutorial where you have to learn how to fly the plane. Because uh, now yeah. it's not a running gun, now it's a flying gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, by the way, now you're flying. Yes, and it's like, oh, yeah, now you now we're switching up the gameplay just a tad. But, uh, no, you can't go fight this boss until you have read this instruction manual. Uh-huh. Now... I don't know, because on the initial tutorial, they had them run through, like, a stage, per se, to Mm -hmm. teach them, which, fine, while not being my favorite method of conveyance, is is good in a way to get a point across. This is just a piece of paper, guys. (laughs) It's a blueprint on the, it's just the instruction manual. Yeah, it's like, here, read this. Come on! Could have done better. Like, why yeah, did we... Also, you don't even need it. Why did we... Like, I mean, I feel like it's straightforward enough to know if you are in a pl- an airplane in a in a 2D space, you can move around, you can shoot. All the buttons are, are the same anyway. The yeah. shoot button still shoots, the movement button still moves, the dodge button, while not dodging in this direction... Makes you more agile to move around in the space. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. I don't think you needed it. I don't think you needed this blueprint part. I think just. Agreed. I think just having the fight progress normally, you would have yeah. advanced your way into understanding. Yeah, or maybe make a little animation turning in, turning you into a plane. That would have been kind of fun. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Um. I yeah. And you don't even need to know to jump to parry in this, because you can just parry anytime you want. True. So it's not like you have to learn how to enact a parry movement. Yeah. I don't know. Either way, aside from that forced <laughs> explaining, um, you fight Hildeberg, which, yes. like you said, the animation, not a, not just on this, the whole game's animation is just jaw-dropping. Yeah. You can yeah. see effort, <laughs> actual human effort, went into making this. Mm-hmm. Like, Reminds me a little bit of, like, the Yellow Submarine. Music video? It's like that creep, the creepy animation of the movie. Oh, the Blue Meanie? Yeah. Yeah, that was, that. yeah, it's, that hand-drawn aesthetic is going away yeah. nowadays. In favor mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, efficiency and getting things out quicker. But it right. loses the charm. And that's kind of what the game here is kind of vying for and saying, like, look, hand-drawn animation should still be here in some capacity. Yeah. Because look at this beautiful shit that we can draw. It's beautiful. It's, like, so human. But, yeah, speaking of the hand-drawn animation styles... um, so the fight here, again, Hildeberg transforms from what I can only assume is a humanoid something something in, into, uh, <laughs> I, do, I don't know, human Hindenburg? 
<laughs> yeah, I guess that's been. I mean, it is. is called Threatening Zeppelin, and her name is Hilda Berg. So, yeah, can put two and two together. <laughs> Look at me <laughs> being a smart one, Mom. <laughs> yeah, where? This is why I got my degree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, um, this is one of the only bosses that I could see that laugh that attacks you by laughing at how bad you are. <laughs> so far, so far, the literal the words "ha" come at you like a a missile, <laughs> not a proverbial missile, an actual missile. So yes, isn't it isn't it quite reminiscent of real life? I mean, I was going Adam, <laughs> <laughs> maybe learn a thing or two. <laughs> words do hurt, especially in Cuphead. Hmm. Yeah, um, literally. And Hildeberg is obviously flanked by some um, small planes, which is the first time that there have been minions on screen so far. Right. It makes it more like a stage. More of like a more of like a shoot 'em up kind of stage. Yeah. Where you need to dodge more yeah. obstacles. But it introduces the concept of maybe the boss will have minions. That come out during the fight that you also need to deal with. Yeah. So there might not just be attacks from the big guy themselves or the big gal themselves. There could be attacks mm. from their smaller counterparts that you also need to dodge. Because in the eyes of what takes damage, everything still hurts you the same. Yeah. So big punches and small bullets all hurt the same in the world of Cuphead. Yeah, unfortunately... Can't touch anything. No. So that's a good little pain set of pain veins there. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh my goodness, it's thirty seven minutes. We gotta go. Uh, we got we got this. We got this. Hildeberg will transform into one of three different astrological signs to ruin your day. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get the the like. I don't get it. Well, I don't. Why? I don't understand the connection between the hin- between a zeppelin and star signs. Yeah. But then again, it makes a little more sense later. But we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, they'll transform into Taurus, which is basically a bull that will smash into you. And it seems mm-hmm. that the first time Hilda ever transforms will always be Taurus first. Yeah. Uh, then, like right away, yes, the first transformation will always be Taurus, and then transforming into Gemini or Sagittarius uh, for the second or third transformations, where Gemini turns into two floating women in the clouds who create mm-hmm. a laser ball that you need to dodge around. I don't quite understand Gemini, yeah. but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and Sagittarius is uh, turns into a centaur that shoots arrows at you. Yeah. Which I guess the centaur shooting arrows makes sense because it's kind of a centaur stereotype. Right. I just don't understand Gemini. Either way. I don't know. It's probably, probably part of the lore. <laughs> There's lore. <laughs> There's probably <laughs> deep lore. Um, apparently this yeah. show is getting a TV show. So, or this game's getting a TV show on Netflix. So, you know, maybe we'll look <laughs> back on this when it has its own Netflix show. Um, mm-hmm. And then after you hurt Hilda enough, 
has like a migraine and transforms into a gigantic half moon. Yes, gigantic, creepy half moon. God, the animation on this part is just spectacular and creepy all at the it same is. time. Yeah. Doesn't even look like a real half moon. It's a, like a steampunk half like moon. Like a robotic half moon. Yeah. Yeah. And they just, with stars shooting out and UFOs that you need to dodge. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of like vertical, horizontal dodging and lock-ons and my goodness, this fight is a lot. Spaceships, UFOs. So it's kind of like ramping up in the fight itself to showing you from initially where it's like, go oh, one or two enemies might be on screen, shoot small lasers at you and you just kind of dodge out of the way. <laughs> but then it ramps up at the end here to like. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of stuff, and sometimes it'll home in on you, and you need to dodge around, or maybe it'll just create a whole vertical wall of garbage you can't dodge, or... Yeah, you thought you were having a not-so-difficult time? Yeah, no, yeah. screw you, dumb guy. Yeah. Get out of here with that. It's time to have paint. It's time to paint it up in here. Yeah. But I do like basically the face. The face that the moon is making is the face that the creators are trying to make at you. Basically, you're just like, "Ah!" (laughs) 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 but yes. And then the Hildeberg is completed, and then we move on to the last fight for that we're going to talk about today: uh, Cagney Carnation in Floral Fury. Yeah, Uh, and this fight focuses on two specific things. Managing excess dangers and platform management. Yes. So we're back on the ground with this fight. Um, so what I mean by excess dangers. Before it introduced <laughs> the concept of extra enemies being on screen that you would need to dodge or remove by via shooting. Um This one starts off with just the one boss, and then they will plant more seeds into the ground that will turn into enemies that will make for more things you have to pay attention to and dodge, while at the same time keeping track of the main boss and what they're doing. But, you can preemptively destroy some of those seeds by parrying, or as they're just about to sprout, you can destroy the head of the seed, um, which helps in managing the lock-on enemies that could spawn from there or enemies that take up the top half of the screen and drop stuff. It's just really about enemy management. Mm -hmm. So managing those distractions from the main boss, which again is still attacking you at the same time. So it's about not being distracted and more more about multitasking, really. It's very multitasking. Yes. And then... The second part about platform management, there are three platforms that you can stand on. You need to decide whether you need to be above on the platforms or below on the platforms. Because the boss will do specific attacks depending on if you are paying attention to their animation. Uh, They will take an entire screen on the top or an entire screen on the bottom to try and damage you. Yeah. Um, So this is just a really good test of of... how well you pay attention to the entirety of the field of vision that is on the screen. Yeah. I like how like the more you hit the boss, the like more evil and big it becomes, but you don't notice it, you know? Yeah, it just it's very gradual. It's a very gradual um decline into insanity <laughs> with most of these bosses. Yeah. 
Where it's like, wait, when did it become so evil looking? When it starts like uh, fairly menacing and then ends up with like spiked teeth and evil eyes and takes up the entire yeah. screen with thorns and <laughs> looks like it wants to. Its maw opens up and shoots out. I don't know. Pollen? Spores. Evil spores? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. But again, just goes back to how much care and effort went into the animations on this side, which again, is probably the best part of this game. Oh, yeah. By far. Totally. But I think that's a a good place to stop for today, considering we're 45 minutes in. (laughs) Yeah, agreed. All right. So thank you again so much for listening today, guys. Really appreciate it. If you want to reach out, you know how to do it. Give us an email at itsthextreme at gmail.com. It's I-T-S-T-H-E-X-S-T-R-E-A-M at gmail.com. That's, you want to give that a go? That's I-T-S-T-H-E-X-S-T-R-E-A-M at gmail.com. it look at that give me enough five that was my best one that was my best one yeah good one wait thanks one more time all right one two two three three damn it all right (laughs) well we would do better if we were trying to like slap our hands together as opposed to our faces (laughs) yeah my head hurts now. Yeah, we're just cheek smacking. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Really appreciate it. We'll be back next week with more Cuphead. And, I don't know, maybe Adam. Whatever. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> if he feels like it. Yeah, whatever. But Adam, your family's more important. Whatever. Talk to you later, guy. <laughs> <laughs> I... Peace.